0: Hi and welcome. This is Hands on Change. It's a podcast where we talk about what happens on a daily basis for kids with disabilities and special needs. For today's episode we're going to be talking about why does disability discrimination still occur? This is Paula, your host. The topic is why discrimination against kids with disabilities still occur. In the last episode, I talked about the historic background and on how, on how kids with disabilities were treated. For today's talk, we're gonna discuss why discrimination is still happening, but let's begin with this interview back in 2020. The credits are gonna be linked in the description box. Um, So they say, I think that the first thing to consider or how the dominant narratives and discussions around disability often create an individualized account of disability. Ideas are individualized model of disability. What we are being with this is a location of a problem with disability being within the individual. And therefore, we think about the functionality, the impairment, the health conditions as that being the reason why disabled people are marginalized. And that usually leads to then question cure, rehabilitation, segregation, or even eugenic principles to eradicate disability people. What well, we have seen in response to that being disabled activists, by disabled people's organization, which, product, which produced an alternative argument to this in the nineteen sixties, and thinking about the union or the physical impeller against segregation, who were, who for the first time described the restrictions. The disabled people experience being imposed upon disabled disa- disabled people by the way society organized we consider examples of that ranging from location segregation and lack of rights to issues around transportation and building services policies and so on so the importance of how the frame disability within our work or within how much we have been talking about going forward in this talk is how is the political and economic and cultural and social arrangements that impacted and create these unnecessary barriers that people with disability then are subject to the disability rights on HR group which is the collection of disability disabled people's organization an organization associated with the focus of disability with, from across the world, and the thousand of responses to the survey were, have highlighted a number of themes, which I thought I could be highlighted here. So the first issue, you know, if you are international level, is to think about how people have experienced lack of prioritization when it comes to emergency measures and it's often been seen with instructions and within segregated environments. We have seen a lot of abandon and there have been refused access to local emergency healthcare, particularly in the context of people with disability or learning disabilities, and there have been some fantastic activists and scholars. Activists such as Simon Aspis, scholars such as Professor Chris Hatton, who have highlighted the determined impact of the measures to support people with learning disabilities and how they is played out. So, for example, the data from LIDR, which is the responding reporting mechanisms of death of people with learning disabilities in society, and suggesting that have been taken out in account under reporting three hundred and sixty nine deaths of people with learning disabilities per a thousand in the population, so that's 3.6 times the rate in terms of death. And you can see as well that you know people who have received the community-based social care, 53% of the deaths are attributed to COVID-19. So the real concerns about how they're proving them, mailing support for people Not just in terms of underlying health conditions but for those who are experiencing those low socioeconomic platforms who are being placed in really precious precarious situations with regard to healthcare with regard to support with regard of sustainable living and how this has been playing out where people are either concentrating the virus or being placed in areas where there's high chance that they will be exposed to the virus in various forms (sighs) that's what happened in the interview i want to highlight that discrimination still occurs all the time and this is i want to change a bit of topic talk about education by education i refer to the family education throughout my lifetime i've seen discrimination happening all the time it doesn't matter the age or what do i mean what i refer to is this that education comes from parents and family provide to kids, and is what they do at schools and outside of school. If parents have bias and stereotypes of certain people, the kids will pick up this and do the same. For this, I want to put an example that happened a few months ago with my cousin in the park. It was summer, of two thousand and twenty, and my aunt and my mom decided to go to the park, and so did we. Um, When I got there, there were no people, it was like almost empty, so my cousin with Down syndrome decided to use the slide, and nobody was using it, so she kept using it as many times as she wanted since there was nobody using it. While my sister and I were taking care of my other cousins, I was constantly checking my cousin, and every time I did, she was the only person using the slide. So the more kids were in the playground, so I kept checking on her. However, um one of the last times I checked with her there were like two of these girls. And my cousin was using the slide but suddenly she decided to take a break and just sit next to it. Uh I was with her so I had so I was with her and um to make some company, you know. And then suddenly these girls come to us and say in a return Can we use this or not? And it was like, I replied, yes, you may. Let me just sit here. They used the slide two or three times while I was talking to my cousin in Spanish. Because that's the language we talk at home. So, we were, you know, minding our own business. And suddenly, I went to take a walk away to take a drink. When I got back, my cousin was mad and sad. I was asking her what happened in Spanish, obviously, and I looked up to the girls, and they were murmuring, as they were talking to her. Them say, "What is this retard here? Look at, look at her. Do you see her face?" Well, I was asking my cousin what happened. She didn't say anything. Then this girls yelled at us and say, "Do you hear your cousin know English?" I was. It was in a rude and racist way. So I just like, yes, we do. Is there's a problem? And they say no, and they just walk away. Personally, I didn't act or say anything bad to them, nor my voice or tone was rude at all. But I want to point two things: discrimination still occurred even in the twenty-first century, and the second thing is that there's not only this was only in this situation was not only about discrimination was also about this racist discrimination too <laughs> to to point out they knew my cousin had a disability, and so they, they say all those things to her, even when I was present. uh I don't even want to imagine what they say to her before I came. so now, after listening my story in answering the questions for the episode, why is discrimination against kids with disabilities still occur? There are three main points. That i think that are important one that location the kids have at home is what they reflect outside of home two friend groups and try to fit in is why schools still deal with disability discrimination or any kind of discrimination <sighs> or even bullying too now there, three they know that these kids are in the fence and will do and won't do as much so to resume today's episode disability discrimination still occurs because of these three main points that i point out and i want to still discuss this however i want to for for the future episodes want to do some interviews with some people who have experienced similar situations or what they want to share something about their experience and that's all for today. So thank you for listening and stay updated. This is Hand the Change. Thank you.